Well, this morning we are going to, uh, we're kind of in between, uh, I'm in a place where I'm not real sure exactly where the Lord wants to go next. I think I do, but I'm praying, so I'm, I'm in one of those places, but I, 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 I know where He wants to go this morning. And so that's good because at least one of us does. <laughs> no, but that's a good thing. Uh, this has been a kind of a hectic week for us. Uh, uh, we made a trip to see granddaughter and daughter and son-in-law. And so, uh, plus the clocks turned back, which was really a good thing because needed to sleep. So I, I've had my granddaughter fixed. I, I can't ever get enough, but if you're a grandparent, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of in this fog this morning, but I'm, I'm going to come out of it. Okay. Amen. Uh, this morning we're going to do a, a spiritual checkup. I mean, I've called this, this sermon a time for spiritual checkup. When I turned 50, which is beginning to seem like a long, long time ago, uh, when I wrote that it didn't sound as bad, but when I read that it, uh, it sounds a lot worse. But when I, when I turned 50, everyone told me, everyone I, I knew especially those that were older than me, they said, you need to go have a yearly physical checkup. Okay? Now, up to that point, I just didn't go to the doctor unless I was sick. I mean, that's the way we grew up. I mean, uh, I mean, just because we cut ourselves or coughed, our, my parents didn't take us to the doctor. I mean, the only thing I remember about the doctor as a child is every time you went, you got a shot. Okay? And, and that was, it terrified me. I, so... So, you know, we just, we didn't go to the doctor very often, and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, if we needed to, we did, but it wasn't just, we didn't just jump in there and go. It's a little different now. But, uh, so, I wasn't really big on that, and plus, I'd heard all the horror stories, okay? <laughs> you ladies tell younger ladies the horror stories, and the guys tell the guys horror stories, okay? So, I wasn't real excited about all of that, either. And so, uh, anyway, I decided I would do that. And so every December, I go to my doctor, and I get a physical checkup to see how I'm doing and where I'm at physically. And, you know, if, if you've ever been, if, if you're 50 or above, you need to do that every year, okay? It's just good maintenance. But you know, the, you know sort of the drill. You know, he asks you all these questions. I mean, he's got a checklist over there. If he just give me the checklist, I would do it for him a lot quicker, but he's got to go over everything. And then, he, you know, he, he examines me, and he, he listens to my heart, and he does some other things and that are not pleasant, and, and you, know, he, you know, he just does all kinds of things. And, and then he, he, he does some lab work. He takes blood. But what he's doing is looking for certain things that might cause your health to deteriorate, my health to deteriorate. I mean, he's looking for high blood pressure, okay? He's looking for high cholesterol. He's looking for high blood sugar. It seems like everything he's looking for is supposed to be low and not high. Uh, he's looking for, I mean, he listens to my heart, and he does the EKG to see if I've got irregular rhythms or my, my heart's out of rhythm. He... he he mashes on you to see if something's sore that shouldn't be sore. He, he listens to your lungs to make sure you, have, you don't have uh, uh, fluid in your lungs and shortness of breath and all that kind of stuff. Now, once he's got all the information, he kind of makes an assessment. And up to this point, I've always gotten a good report. I'm going in a few weeks, and I'm anticipating another good report. I had to change doctors. My doctor retired, and, uh, and so it was kind of, I didn't know, because I'd gotten used to him, and I felt safe with him, and so he recommended a lady doctor that served with him. I wasn't really comfortable with her, and so, uh, and I don't think she was really comfortable with me, so we, we, we adjourned that, and I, and I have a new doctor now. Last year, I went to him, and I, I like him, and so I, I'll go see him, and, and really, the only thing that, that, that they, they, they I, I think this is something they, they have to say, but they, they always encourage you to get exercise, and lose weight. Okay, that's basically, he said, your cholesterol's good, all this stuff's good. And so, once he has all that information, he, he suggests some things to stay healthy. And, you know, it's really a good deal, because I want to live a long time. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in dying. 
I had a great grandfather that lived to be 107. Okay? I remember going to see him as a, as a little kid a couple of times. And I wouldn't mind living to be that old. Now, you may not care to be that old, and, but he was in pretty good shape and he got around pretty good. And so I want to live a, a, a pretty, you know, a lot longer than the age I'm at right now. Okay? So I figure that a checkup is a good idea. And so, you know, it helps me, after I go, it helps me to understand what I need to do the next 11 months so that I can stay healthy. And so I, I don't do things that destroy things that I need later on. I mean, it, when I was younger, if I had known that I was going to need some of the parts I've got to be in a lot better shape, I would have took a lot better care of them. I mean, if you're younger, just listen to me. Take care of them. Okay, they wear out. They're like automobile parts. And there's some of them they can't replace, okay? But if my health's not good, it robs me of life. And physical health is important. It's very important. But you know what? Spiritual health is equally as important and maybe more important. And so from time to time, we all need a checkup, spiritually speaking. Amen? Okay, and we need to do this more than once a year, okay? I mean, if you just check the oil in your automobile or your lawnmower once a year, let me give you some experience, okay? It will burn up. It will seize up. It will go no farther. You can pray. You can lay hands on it. You can do whatever you want, but it's done, all right? And so we need to do this. Each of us need to do this on a, on a regular uh, uh, schedule, and it, it needs to be a part of our your own your own personal and and personal. I mean, and and regular spiritual maintenance. You don't need to make an appointment with me, okay? God knows you don't need to make an appointment with me to do this, okay? Seriously, you don't need. I don't need to ask you a bunch of questions like my doctor asked me. What you need to do is get along by yourself and ask yourself some questions. What I've learned, if I'll be truthful with myself, that's the hardest part. If I'll just assess myself, not how I want to feel, or not how I want things to be, but how they are, then I get a fairly realistic view. And then I take those answers, and I get by myself with the Holy Spirit. And I see if He agrees with my assessments. And if He doesn't, there's some changes we need to make. Make. The Apostle Paul had many, it's obvious from Scripture, that he had many younger guys that he nurtured along, that they were his protégés. But one of them especially, one of his sons in the faith, Timothy, he, he, he gave some very good advice to, some very good counsel. And in 2 Timothy 2.4, this is what he says. He says, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life, so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. The, the New Living Translation, I'm just going to read that to you because it says it this way. And as Christ's soldier, don't let yourself become tied up in the affairs of life, for then you can't satisfy the one who enlisted you in his army. In other words, it's easy to get tangled up. Have you ever got tangled up? When I used to get tangled up, I would stumble around, rebalance, and go. You know what happens now? flop. I fall. And you know what happens? When you, when you get tangled up and as you get older, the bruises don't go away as quick. The injuries don't heal themselves as quick. You know, I, I, when I was a kid, the worst thing, and I can remember, gosh, this must be awful, because the only time you'd hear people talking about it, they'd just shake their head, so-and-so fell and broke their hip. Now I understand why. Okay. Now I understand why. But you get you, it's so easy to get tangled up. And and Paul goes on to say in, in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman 
who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. And I, there's a phrase in there that I want us to understand here. Handing, handling accurately the word of truth. That means living the truth of God's word out just as much as it means teaching and preaching. Paul's speaking to Timothy specifically. There, there's a lot of, uh, in the circles he was moving in, and in the, in the people he was ministering to, they, they like to argue genealogies, and whose father was whose father was whose father, and this happened to them, and that happened to them, and because of this we are. And, and Paul tells Timothy, you just stay away from that stuff. You need to be a, a, a workman who, who doesn't get tangled up in that kind of thing. And you need to accurately preach the Word of God. And so he, he says, present, but first you've got to present yourself as a proof to God. Handing, handling accurately the Word of Truth. It means to live out the Word of Truth just as much as it means to preach it and teach it. It's important. You, you can't, someone who preaches and teaches and lives different is called what? A hypocrite. And, 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 and we see that in our society so often. And it's very easy to be one, so I'm not throwing rocks. It's easy to say one thing and do another. I've heard parents say, don't, don't do what I say, not what I do. That doesn't work. Because what happens is we do what we see done. Very often not what we're told. And so Paul says to Timothy, he says, I want you to handle accurately the truth, the word of truth. And so to stay spiritually healthy, we, we don't just read sermons. We don't just listen to sermons. We don't just watch Christ, Christian TV. When you have a headache, okay, and I don't know, I don't know what your aspirin of choice is, what you, what you take for it, but when you have a headache, you don't just get the bottle out and take out one and hold it up and look at it, do you? Or, or maybe you're like this, maybe you, you take the bottle out and you just read over and over what this wonderful medicine will do, but you don't ever take it. See, that's, that's what it means to preach and teach, just, just to hear it, okay? No, you take the pill out of the bottle, you pop it in your mouth, and you swallow it. Because the only way the medication is going to get to the area that's hurting is if you take it. And that's what, that's what living out the Word of God does. We have to live it out. We have to internalize it so that it becomes an external part of who we are. If we don't, folks, we don't stay healthy. Okay? It's not enough to hear it. James says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers, be doers. Do you realize how easy it is to get tangled up? Twisted and tripped up by just the normal stuff every day. And when, when I talk about getting that, when Paul talks about when he talks about this, he's just talking about life here. He's talking about just the, the stuff that happens every day when you, when you, you, know, you deal with your, your marriage and you deal with your family and you deal with your jobs and your friends and your hobbies and the circumstances that just seem to come, the situations that seem to arise. If you're not careful, what happens? You get all tangled up and before you know it, you've fallen. It's very easy. In fact, if you're not constantly alert, you succumb to it and you don't even know it. You don't even realize it. It's so easy to get tangled up. And before you know it, spiritually speaking, you can be going through the motions and not even realize there's no reality there. It's just motions. You can be reading your Bible. You ever read your Bible and you lay it down and you realize, I don't even know what I read. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. You ever prayed and all of a sudden you realize, I don't even know what I'm saying. You ever worshipped and you got through and you thought, where are the other four verses to that song? I know we sang them. You know, I'm not just talking, I mean, it's just not me that struggles here, is it? 
I mean, I think, I think it's all of us. I mean, what we tend to do is, is we kind of get in, in, this, in this entanglement, and before we know it, we're, we're robotic. We're like robots. We're just going through the motions. And it's so easy to coast, okay? It's so easy to coast. And not even realize that our, our relationship with God's suffering, because we're still doing the same things the same way. Over and over and over and over and over again, spiritually speaking. But those things like reading the Bible and like praying and like coming to worship and like uh, fellowshipping, those were tools that God gave us. They were not means to make us righteous, okay? They were not things that make... When you do those things, that doesn't make you good or bad. But if you do them with your whole heart, they will draw you closer to Jesus, okay? They're they're tools that God gave us. They're life-giving means of relationship is really what they are. But what happens is we get tangled up in them sometimes and in the other stuff. I mean, let's just be honest. You you get sick. You have a a death in your family. You lose a job. Somebody that you love gets sick. You know, I could go on and on with circumstances. It's easy to all of a sudden find yourself three days, five days, six weeks later and wonder, How'd I get here? Where am I? Maybe you're there this morning. Maybe you're tangled up and and you're just kind of going through the motions without even giving it a thought. Now, I've I've got a word for this. You may not like it, but I I just call what I call this is it's a Christian zombie. Okay? Now we just have come through Halloween, so you've seen the zombies. The zombies are the walking dead. All right? Okay? And I'm not here to to, uh, I'm not here to paint pictures of that, but when I was growing up, a zombie was somebody that just was going through the motions. They were just, they were just there. We'd say, you know what, he acts like a zombie. And a zombie is a, is a dead person that appears to be alive. It's someone who's just, as I put it, kind of a click above lifeless. They're alive, but just barely, okay? You you got to line them up with the tree to see if they're moving. You need a stethoscope to see if you can find a heartbeat. They're just just kind of wandering through life. And, And you can be a zombie, a Christian zombie, and you can go through all the motions and appear to be alive, but not, not really, not really. You can wear that smile. You know the one I'm talking about. You know the handshake. You know. You can carry the big Bible with the notes underlined. You can sing praise songs. You can lift your hands. But what's missing is the joy of the Lord's salvation in your life. And the sad thing is most people don't even realize it when they're there. That's that's the sad thing. We don't recognize it. We don't realize it. All of a sudden one day we wake up are we, you know, somebody pinches us, spiritually speaking, and we, where am I? What's going on? Or if they do realize it, they don't know how to get back where they need to be. So they just, they're simply going through the motions. On the outside, they look alive, but on the inside, there's an emptiness and there's a lifelessness. What's happening is they've become entangled. In the weeds that, that fill life. And, and life's kind of choking out the life out of them. A Christian zombie, somebody goes through the motions of eternal and abundant life without embracing either. Okay? Jesus didn't just give us eternal life. The moment you came to Christ, you began eternal life. Okay? But at that moment, you also got abundant life which means we are to live abundantly for eternity from that moment forward and so what happens is uh, when you're going through the motions you're you're not embracing that eternal life you're not experiencing it on a daily basis our action you know i mean most of you know this our outward actions and looks can be deceiving 
Unless what's on the inside, and that's the Spirit of the living God, constantly pours out of us. If we're not careful, it's easy to become a Christian zombie and just go through the motions. But when that happens, we are very, very ill, spiritually speaking. Now, I'm not, I want you to understand this. I'm not talking about being a Pharisee. You can be a Christian, you can be a Christian zombie, or you can be a Pharisee. A Pharisee, and I'm not preaching about Pharisees today, but the Pharisee is that person who's just frantically running around doing all this stuff because they want God to love them more. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? So just let that one stay in the, in the pit over there today, okay? We're not going to bother that one. I'm just talking about regular people today that love Jesus and they're following Jesus with all their heart, but without knowing it, Maybe they've gotten tangled up and they're kind of aimlessly wandering around out in left field. Left field is the place where the grass grows high, okay? It's where baseballs get lost. All right, it's also where people get lost. And what happens is very often they're out there looking for Jesus, wondering where in the world has he gone when he hasn't gone anywhere. They've just gotten lost in the grass. And so today, just for a few minutes, I want us to do a self-checkup. Now this, I want, you, I, want to, I want to emphasize this. This is for you to examine you, okay? This is not to take notes and go home and say, spouse, I've been looking at your life. This doesn't work, okay? It's not to do that with your children, okay? It's for you personally, I mean, here's the deal. I don't want you going for my physical checkup every year. There may be things wrong with you. They're not wrong with me, okay? And so the only way we can get a, a true reading of what's wrong with us, and, and I, I want you to understand me, this is not condemning. This is just self-examination, okay? There's no condemnation here. It's just reality. I need to take a deep look at myself in the mirror and see if I got it together, spiritually speaking. And if I don't, I need to make some corrections with my Lord and get it together, okay? There's no, there's no guilt here, okay? Because all of us are pretty much close to the same place. We either have ever been here or we're headed here, okay? That's just reality. And so I'm going to give you five questions this morning. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you as we walk through them. Write them down. I think they'll be on the screen this morning. Write them down so that you can get along with God this afternoon or tomorrow or the next day or so when you have just a few minutes and just let Him examine you. Let Him ask the questions. But, but just write them down. Forget about this is not a discuss. This is not a, 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 a. This is an open book test, but it's not a discussion test. Okay, you don't get you don't get friends to help you do this. All right, this is just a personal thing. Now, question number one: Am I existing, but not living abundantly? In other words, am I just getting by? Am I just going through the motions? Am I just spinning my wheels, but not really getting anywhere or getting anything done? Am I existing, but not living abundantly? Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, He said, The thief comes, listen to this, only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I came... That they might have life. That, that he's speaking to his followers. That they might have. That we might have life. And we might have it abundantly. If my spiritual life is not where it should be. Then you know what happens? I'm experiencing the effects of Satan. Rather than the Savior. I mean that's just the bottom line. If you're not where you need to be spiritually, if you're not where you want to be spiritually, if, if you wake up this morning and realize, you know, where I, I'm not where I need to be, then you're not experiencing all that Jesus has for you, and you're getting some of what the devil would like to give you. And can I just tell you, what he wants to give you does three things. 
That's it. They don't help in any possible way. And so Jesus, though, Scripture says, wants to give us abundant life. That word abundant there is not just eternal life. It, it means superabundance. It means excessively good over and over and over. In other words, over the top kind of life. Now, here's the question. Am I living that kind of life? Are you living that kind of life? I don't mean, now listen to me here. I, this is, you know, I don't want you to get messed up here. I'm not asking you if you have it all together. Okay? Please hear me this morning. There's nobody in this room that's got it all together. All right? Nobody. Nobody. I don't have it all together. Charles doesn't have it all together. Russ doesn't have it all together. Nobody has it all together. We are all struggling along the path headed toward Jesus. One of these days we will be like him because we will see him as he is. Jesus himself is conforming us to his image. He's pressing us into a mold. But none of us have arrived. Okay, so we are all struggling. We all have those things that, that, that are like, I hate barking dogs. Oh, Jesus, please don't let them start. But I hate barking dogs, okay? I don't mind dogs barking if when I say shut up, they shut up. But I just hate, this is what this is like. What I'm talking about is just like a barking dog that runs along beside you. We all struggle with those. They follow us around everywhere we go. We've got things in our life that are just barking dogs. Okay? All of us are that way. So I don't mean do you have it all together. Are you living the Christian life? I don't know what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm just, are you seeing more victories than you're seeing defeats? Are you farther along today than you were last week? Or maybe a year ago? Has your, has your relationship with Jesus improved, in other words? Listen to me. All of us struggle. But our relationship with Jesus is designed to grow in spite of the struggles. In fact, those struggles are supposed to drive us to Him, not away from Him. So are you, are you farther along today than you were last week? Are you living out some of the aspects of the abundant life? Or are you just going through the motions? Are you just doing the same thing? Are you existing but not living abundantly? That's the first question. Okay? Second question. Am I modeling a powerless life? Now, I want you to listen to me. Okay? I'm not talking about a miracle a minute. All right? I'm not talking about a carnival sideshow. Jesus didn't do a miracle a minute. All right? There were times when he did no miracles. There were times when, when that kind of power was not present. So I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is your, is your life marked by some sort of religious piety. And by that I mean some kind of act that you put on. Or is, is, is your faith marked by a, 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 a mindless list of do's and don'ts? Or is there some power there? See, we're supposed to live godly lives, okay? I, I, I shouldn't even have to preach on that. We're supposed to live godly lives. We're supposed to do righteous things, right things. But life in Christ is far more than a checklist, okay? If you've got one, tear it up. Because all it'll do is sink you into the pit. It's a weight around your neck. It's not a life raft, okay? But ask yourself, is my life externally shaped to look one way? But on the inside, it's totally 
empty. It's kind of like a, if you've ever been to, I've never been to Hollywood, but I've seen some movie sets. I mean, they on the front side, man, it looks like a, it looks like a western town. On the back side, it's just plywood and 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 one before, I mean, two befores and supports to hold them up. It's a facade. Are you living a facade? Are you living a powerless life? Do you, as as Second Timothy three five, just this part of the verse says, are you holding a form of godliness, although you've denied its power? In other words, are you living a powerful life, a power-filled life, instead of a powerless life? Let me ask you some questions. Is your life marked by moments when God's power breaks through in just, just the everyday routine? When something happens that there's no way you could have made it happen. It doesn't have to be big. It just, it just takes place, and, and you've prayed, and you've prayed, and prayed, and all of a sudden you see it take place. Let me ask you this. When you pray, what happens? When you declare the name of Jesus and His promises over a situation, what happens? Does it change? Is the power of God being manifested in your life? What kind of lifestyle are you modeling? Is it defeated and depressed and discouraged? Or is it, is it one that's overcoming? Is it a victorious one? So you don't have to have everything going perfect in your life to live victoriously. You don't have to have everything smelling like roses to be an overcomer. Folks, this, that's just not where we live. We don't live in nirvana and utopia. We live on a, a sin-cursed planet that has... It's, it's not designed, but it's been warped to try to kill us. Okay? So I'm not talking about, you know, you live in a miracle a minute. I'm just saying, are you seeing the power of God manifested through your life from time to time? What kind of life are you modeling? See, people are watching. I may have told this story before. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember, but I can remember. Uh, let's see, it's 88. It's been 20, almost 30 years ago. I was working on a, an, an apartment job uh, up close to Birmingham Southern. In fact, the, the, the apartments that are right behind the baseball fields, you can see, I was, we were working on those. And uh, I had a lot of responsibility, and I had a crew. And uh, I was just going about my stuff, you know. And this guy came up to me, and he had a, he's a little wild. I mean, he was a sheetrock guy, okay? <laughs> had a little wild look in his eye, and I thought, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's, had something to smoke before he got to work. And he goes, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. What do you mean? There's something wrong with you. I said, what are you talking about? No, there's something wrong with you. Tell me what it is. I said, well, man, what are you talking about? And I was a little worried by then, okay? Because sheetrock men and roofers and bricklayers will hurt you. And if you're a bricklayer, sheetrock man, or a roofer, I don't mean this... I don't mean this in a bad way, but they work with heavy stuff, okay? And so I don't care how skinny they are or whatever. They're really strong, okay? They really are. And so I, I was a little concerned. I'm kind of checking around see where some of my guys are. These guys just follow me around. What's wrong with you? What I said, what are you talking about? You don't curse your crew. So he said, you don't cuss your crew. I said, no. Why not? I said, because it doesn't do any good. He said, what's wrong with you? I said, well, you know, I, I, all of a sudden the Lord goes. And I said, well, I, I'm a Christian. I, 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 don't, I don't believe, I, I believe in Jesus. 
I knew it. I knew it. I knew there's something wrong with you. And he just walked off. Okay. Now he just, he just went on about his business. Okay. And I thought for the, you know, in the first time in my life, I realized, you know what? There are people watching me. Now, a week or two later, one of his guys got on our back hole and moved some sheetrock without asking permission. And I went ballistic. Okay. And I had to go and apologize after I, I mean, I, I went ballistic, okay? Because it's just, you know, I'm responsible for whatever he tears up, the machine and everything. I don't own the machine. So anyway, what, I, what I'm trying to say, there are people that are watching, watching us, and we're modeling a lifestyle, okay? Is my lifestyle powerless? Is nothing happening? Or is the power of Jesus being manifested? And that doesn't have to be a miracle, folks. That can just be a change in who we are. You know what? I've watched... I've watched this person over a period of two or three weeks. Something's happening with them. That's the power of God transforming us. Is our life powerless or is it power-filled? Question number three. Does my daily walk require any faith? Now, here's my question. Are you walking naturally or supernaturally? If the Holy Spirit decided for whatever reason, unimaginable, I can't think of one, but what if the Holy Spirit decided to step out for a little while, take a vacation, left you by yourself? Could you survive without Him? Would you even know He had exited the building? Okay, think about that for a minute. Maybe right now you're walking without Him. You're walking without any faith whatsoever. Uh, you know, a faithless walk is a natural walk. Doesn't mean it's a wicked or evil. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying it's a, it's a natural walk. And, and it doesn't require God to get by. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says... And without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he, come, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. Are you just going through the motions, fully expecting that what happened yesterday and the day before and the day before that and the day before that to change without doing anything different? You know what that's the definition of, don't you? Crazy. Idiocy. It's when you do the same thing over and over and over and you expect to get something different. It's not going to happen. It, it, it's kind of like just kind of going along to get along, kind of riding the ways. It's, it's sort of like living in a rut. Y'all know what a rut is? A rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. It's an endless grave. And it's so easy as believers to fall into a rut, a routine of doing something, and just stay in it. It's hard to get out of a rut. You ever been in one? How about a physical one? You've you got you to make a move to get out. And so it's hard to get out of a rut. Are you living a faith-filled life or a faithless life? I don't know about y'all, but when, when I ask myself, what if the Holy Spirit decided he, He's going to step out and get a Coke for 15 or 20 minutes? Could you keep going? That kind of bullseyed me. Okay, question number four. Does my outward reputation match my inward devotion in other words if you took what was on your inside and you stood it next to your outside would they match would there be carbon copy twins here now before you get condemned one of the things I'm saying is is there any passion is there something burning behind this breastbone for Jesus okay that's, that's what I'm saying or do you feel like, hey, you know what, I, I'm, I'm there. 
I kind of have arrived. I, I've got a good job or, you know what, I'm retired. My family's in good shape or they're in as good a shape as they're probably going to get. I found a pretty good church. I've got the right organizations and, and the right groups. You know, I, I, everything's okay. Life's going pretty good. Do you look on the inside one way? I mean, do you look on the outside one way, but feel on the inside differently? Do you feel dead on the inside? Do your words, here's, here's another way of putting it. Do your words and your actions match? I just get back to this word. Are you living a passionate life? See, following Jesus ought to be passionate. I don't see how it can ever be boring. People who think it's boring have never walked with Jesus. They're walking with somebody, but it's not Jesus, okay? Because Jesus is not boring. Just read his life. It was never boring. I mean, he, he goes to the sick people and they get healed and they start dancing. He goes to the funeral and, and the guy they're about to bury gets up. He's alive and they start dancing. Everywhere Jesus went, for the most part, there was dancing. People were passionate. They were excited. They had big meals. They had nothing to eat. He prays and blesses it and feeds 5,000. Does it again. I mean, it was exciting where Jesus, and it is still exciting. He has not changed. If it's changed, it's because we've wandered off, we've gotten tangled up, and we've lost sight of who He is. And what we say we believe doesn't match what's happening on our insides. You see, if you can peel away this person, I can't do it. I wish I could. But if I could just grab hold of this and peel this away, you would see me for who I am. And I would see you for who you are. Folks, who we are in here should be who we are out here. That's tough, too. That's tough. That's the fourth one. Here's the fifth one. And when I give you this question... I'm not going to give you any explanation, okay? Because this question here has enough explanation for itself, okay? Question number five. If Jesus preached the gospel that you and I are living right now, would they have crucified Him? Now, it's not like your test. I didn't like it either. But what I found is, you know what? It's easy to go through the motions. It's a lot harder to be healthy. It takes some exercise. It takes some proper, a proper diet. The same thing my doctor told me physically. If you exercise and you'll eat right, you'll be a lot healthier. It's not just enough to have nothing wrong with you. You need to be healthy. Okay? You need to not just be going through the motion. It's not enough just to come and to, to sit in a chair. We don't have pews, but that's so easy to say, to sit on a pew. To sit in a chair and to sing a few songs and, you, and your heart get raced up a little bit. Your emotions get, you know, Spending a little bit, hear a sermon, go back home, fall back into the routine. That's really easy to do. But what happens is we wake up a week later, six months later, three years later, and we look back and nothing's been accomplished. We've just been doing the same things over and over and over <laughs> Folks, that's why we need a spiritual checkup. If you don't take care of your car or your lawnmower, if you don't, if you don't change that oil, you don't think keep it tuned up, and you don't, you don't. I mean, your lawnmower—I don't know where your lawnmower. Mine has brakes, but not on all four wheels. But your 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 automobile does, or it should have. Okay, 
if, if you don't keep watch on those brakes and you don't watch the, the fluid temperature, and by the way, it's getting cold, you need to check your antifreeze, all right? That one's free, okay? Uh, I've never experienced that because I always check. My daddy taught me to do that. Uh, if you don't check those things on a regular basis, you will be out on the highway someday, one day needing to get somewhere really bad and your car will say, hey, I'm going to treat you like you've treated me. <laughs> Folks, the same is true spiritually speaking. If we don't do a checkup, you, you can ask yourself other questions, but here's, here's five I'm going to ask myself on a pretty regular basis. I'll guarantee you, if you ask yourself these questions, you'll get a, a fair assessment of where you are. And then if you'll take the answers that you gave and get along with God and let the Holy Spirit work a little bit, you'll get the real truth. Okay? And He won't be condemning. He won't be judgmental. You won't lose your, your mansion in heaven. Okay? You'll just get somebody that says, hey, you know what? You got an issue here. Let's work on this. Let's take care of this so that, that we can walk a little closer over the next six weeks. Let, let, let's, let's deal with this so that you don't wake up in eight months and realize that nothing's changed, that the problem is still like it was. You, you see what I'm talking about? This is, not, this is not condemnation. This is not judgment. This is just reality. Every once in a while, everybody needs to say, where am I at with you, God? Be straight up. I mean, when I go to my doctor, I say, look, I don't care what you find in the blood. I don't care what you hear on that stethoscope. I don't care in all your probing and listening and all that stuff. Just tell me what you find. I'm a big boy. I may not can handle it, but I need to know. Okay? It's the same with God. Lord, just look at me. Because you know what? I'm deceived sometimes. I don't see my warts and my, my bumps and my, and my failures. But you do. And you know what he'll say? Hey, you know what? There's an issue right there. You need to deal with that. If you listen to me, I'll show you how to get through this. We all need a spiritual checkup from time to time. I can't tell you how often. Because I don't walk in your shoes. Alright? But I was taught... Every time you cut the grass, check the oil in the lawnmower. And you know what? I have never burned a lawnmower up. I can't say that about an uh, automobile. But I haven't ever burned a lawnmower up. Okay? So I don't know how often you need to do it. Maybe you need to do it once a week. Maybe once a day. Maybe once a month. Maybe once a year. I, I don't know. I don't know what your walk is like. All of our walks are different. All I'm saying is just do it. We'll give you the four questions again, or the five questions, and then we're gone. We're out of here. Am I modeling? I'm sorry, that's not the first one. Am I existing but not living abundantly? Am I modeling a powerless life or a powerful life? Does my daily require, walk require any faith? Does my outward reputation match my inward devotion? And then the last one, if Jesus preached the gospel that we're preaching, that we're living out right now with our lives, not with our mouths, but with our lives, would they have crucified Him? Let me encourage you. Take those questions Get by yourself. Do some soul searching. Then take what you come up with and get with God. The neat thing about this test is I'm not grading it. Nobody else that you know is grading it. God's not even grading it. Okay? It's a, a self-help assessment to get to where we need to be. There's no condemnation. Listen, if, if I make an F on it, God does not love me any less. 
I make an A plus on it. He won't love me any more. Okay? Is everybody with me? It's just something we need to do. Because if we will do this, it will spur us. We'll see growth. You know what? As you begin to grow, there's something that happens. It's like a car you push off a hill. It starts off slow, but the more it rolls, the faster it goes. That's what happens spiritually speaking. The closer you get to God, the more powerful that relationship, the more passionate that relationship becomes. And folks, we live in a day when powerless, faithless Christianity makes people sick. Okay? They've, they've had, a, as my father would say, they've had a bait of that. Okay? I don't know exactly what that means, but it means way too much. What the world needs to see are some people that look like Jesus. That act like Jesus most of the time. That are, that are, are purposely and passionately pursuing. They need to see some people that are willing to give their lives for what they say they believe. And when people see that, they're intrigued. They'll ask you a question. Just like the, the, the sheetrock guy. He wasn't crazy. He just seen something they hadn't seen in a while on a job site. So we ask about it. People will come to say, hey, what's going on with you? What's happening? And you get to tell them. Really? Hmm. I may try that. As I used to say on the commercial, try it. You will like it. Okay, this is just simple, basic Christianity 101. Okay. Let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.